The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 141. Today, the Bible Study Podcast picks up the study of Acts with Acts, Chapter 4. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As you may recall, when we left off in Chapter 3, Peter had just healed a crippled beggar and then had preached to the crowds about Jesus. And this causes the problem that sets up Chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about five thousand. The next day the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So notice here that the people who react to this healing react because Peter and John are talking about the resurrection of the dead. And that's because the Sadducees, so this is the priests, the captain, the temple guard, and the Sadducees, the Sadducees believe in only the first five books of the Old Testament, and they don't therefore believe in resurrection. Resurrection isn't mentioned so much in the first five books. And the priests come out of the Sadducee party. They have more political power than the Pharisees, who we've often talked about. Both the Sadducees and the Pharisees opposed Jesus, but they have differences between them. They don't always agree between the two parties. And so it's the Sadducees who have problem, and they have problem not so much because of the healing, but because of this preaching of the resurrection of the dead. So they put Peter and John in jail, and they called them to appear before the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law, or before the Sanhedrin. It's interesting that it says Annas the high priest was there. Now, Annas is no longer high priest. Caiaphas is high priest, as we saw in the crucifixion of Jesus. But Annas is his father-in-law, and the high priest job is supposed to be a job that is for life. The Romans made sure that it wasn't for life. They limited the tenure, but Annas was politically savvy enough to get his sons-in-laws and such made high priest. So he is really the high priest, but officially the high priest is Caiaphas. And notice that Luke says Annas the high priest was there, and then also these others. And so they asked them, by whose name, by what power do you do this? Well, Peter and John are not going to remain silent when they're asked such a great direct question. And they say, by the name of, and did you notice this, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So Jesus of Nazareth would be the name that they're familiar with. They are putting in there the title of Messiah, the title of Christ or anointed one of God. They are basically saying the one who you crucified was the anointed one of God. 
The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. So you, who were the authorities, rejected Jesus. God has raised him from the dead, and there's no other name through which we can be saved. This is quite the statement, and it is a statement before power. Peter, at this point, is preaching to those who have the authority to kill him as they killed Jesus or at least the will to kill him. They have to check with the Romans for the authority. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered the men to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Jesus is being mentioned even though they thought they had crucified him. Miracles are still being done in his name, and it's the in his name part that is so perplexing for them. For the Sadducees, because it brings up the resurrection of the dead, for the Sanhedrin in general, because they thought they had crucified and were done with this. So they'll just tell Peter and John not to talk about him, and that'll work, right? (laughs) Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. This is something that is unusual. This is something they can't deal with. And they have to let Peter and John go. They don't know what else to do at this time. Now, this is not the end of the story. There will be more between these two groups. But in this first round, Peter and John say, what can we do? Should we obey you or God? They have spoken the truth to power. They have proclaimed Jesus in one of the most frightening places so far, in the very place where Jesus was condemned. And so, when they get back, there's this prayer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And so, one, the Holy Spirit is still at work. Two, They have some fear. They are praying they can speak the word with great boldness. They understand, I think, what they're starting to get into here. This conflict that will 
lead to the death of some and one very soon. And we'll see that as we continue on this story in Acts. We're going to pause at this point because the next section starts to talk about the early church, and it really goes better with the following chapter with Acts 5. So we're not going to continue on with the story about what the believers are doing besides this. But basically at this point, the church is growing, it is preaching, and God is working miracles through the apostles, through Peter and John in this particular instance, because he is using those to back up what they are saying. He is using those as evidence of the truth of their statement that Jesus has risen from the dead. And everything that we do is evidence for our beliefs. In our case, it may be that we're performing miracles, but more likely it will be the love that we are showing, as Peter and John expressed their love to the man who was lame, will be the evidence of the truth of what we are saying. The lives that we live will be the evidence of the truth of what we are saying. And if those are at conflict, then they will give false testimony. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.